Hello and welcome to the East Baltimore Graffiti Church's podcast. We are so excited to have you join us today. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at ebgraffitichurch at gmail.com or you can check us out on our website at ebgraffitichurch.org. Who's not recording his sermon. The, wow. Okay, for those of you who will listen to this sermon, you just missed seven good minutes of reading Romans 5, 1 through 11, and the beginning of my now interrupted sermon. Here we will continue. So this justification that one who is guilty is made right, is justified by the only one who can do that, and that is the judge. So we are reconciled. Look at verse 1 here. So we're going to see... We're going, to, we're going to see about seven things here, but really, we're going to see that hope, hope is always the answer. Uh, hope is the answer. Hope for today and hope for the future. Hope is the answer. Hope for today and hope for the future. And that's what we'll see in this passage today. Having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You and I... Um, there are four things, and I, if you saw me writing something down while Morgan was singing, I wasn't texting my friends. Uh, I was writing down the lyrics to Reckless Love, this one lyric, because the four things we're going to see in verses 6 through 11 is that uh, who we are prior to knowing Jesus Christ and what God's great love for us means. So it says here that we're at peace with God through, that very important uh, preposition, through Jesus Christ. Our salvation is provided by God through Jesus Christ who loves you. And we'll see that here. The Bible says, and uh, I'm going to move around a little bit here, because we're helpless, the man is helpless, ungodly, sinner, and an enemy of God. Picture that. Think about that. That doesn't sound right, does it? And yet in the song Reckless Love, that's why God's love is so reckless. It says, when I was your foe, still your love fought for me. God's love through Jesus Christ. When when you were still God's enemy, God had already prepared for your salvation. How? All right. Go back to the beginning here and slow down, maybe, maybe not. Verses 1 through 3, we're going to see, in verses 1 and 2, we're going to see our hope for eternity here. Okay, this idea of being at peace with God is more than just, uh, the Greek word is irene, being at peace with God, but it's really referring to that shalom that the Jewish uh, people would really lean into. So, If I say shalom to you, shalom my friend, I want a lot of things for you. I must I really care about you because I'm 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 I want you to have peace in your life. I want you to have prosperity. I want you to have physical health. And I want you to have the best of everything that God can bless you with. When your Jewish friends say shalom to one another, it is full of meaning. And so, and so we being at peace with God through Jesus Christ, when you enter into that relationship 
with God through Jesus Christ, you are at peace with God. For some, that is a huge burden off of one's shoulders. For me, it felt like I exhaled and dropped 50 pounds all at the same time. I have lost that much weight before. Uh, So this idea of being at peace with God. Jesus, because of God's great love for you and his love for you, reunites us when he died on the cross, when he shed his blood. This is familiar territory for most of you, but it is so the, the theology and when we share this with others. So being reconciled, when you are reconciled in a relationship, that means it was broken at some point before. If you've ever been in love with someone, it's Valentine's Day, we could talk about it, right? If you've ever been in love with someone and you had a big fight and one of you broke up and everybody cried, well, men don't cry, we know that, right? Yes, we do. So, so everybody cried and one broke up with the other and you went your separate ways and everyone's heartbroken. It's the middle of the movie. How will love ever be made right? In the rest of the movie, and I'm getting sappy in my old age. I've watched a couple, couple love movies lately. Um, so, so how in less than two hours will this love be reconciled, right? But that's what, that's what it means, this relationship. So, so you think if you have ever been, on a serious note, if you have ever been heartbroken before or been in a relationship where somebody's heart got broken or, or there was just great sadness, even if it wasn't, you know, the, the very end, and maybe it was, um, you experienced that great sadness. Reconciliation, being reconciled with someone. You may have experienced that in family relationships with a parent, a distant sibling. If you've had family feuds and family wars, and then some last for many, many years, and you are reconciled with that person there are tears of joy all the tension and anxiety maybe anger frustration and hatred it's 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 reduced or gone because that relationship is reconciled you see it was God's desire all along all the way back to Adam and Eve realizing they were naked thinking they could hide from God all the way back to Adam and Eve hiding, attempting to hide from God. God is reconciling, it says, is reconciling our relationship with him through Jesus Christ. That reconciliation. So he says here, he says we have peace with God, that deep uh, peace through Jesus, through whom we have also obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we now stand. A loaded phrase, guys. I can't help it. I I am going word for word here for a couple of verses. Um, Your Bible probably says access. And many think access is a better word than introduction. Um, Regardless, uh, we've obtained our access by faith. You exercised faith if you heard the gospel and you responded to God in salvation. You exercised faith you were introduced now you have access to this grace in which you now stand one of the things that i learned about this that gave me great joy in my life and i it took me a long time to begin to live to live this instead of just believing it here 
once you are once you are saved once you are once you have received the grace of God in salvation you are standing in God's grace positionally and it can never change that is an active verb in the Greek language that says this condition began here and it will continue on into the future you are standing it's putting the ing on stand you are standing in god's grace and that cannot change if god can't save you forever and we see it in several places throughout the word of god then he's not god if god can't forgive your sins and say oh charlie that sounds kind of shaky well no god is god and when he saves you it is forever even in your imperfections all of your sins are forgiven so we say here you are standing in god's grace i think it's just so important on the difficult days Amen. on the days when you feel like you failed Amen. on the days when you've just outright sinned because you wanted to yes, sir. on the days when you don't feel well yes. on the days when you don't like somebody on the days when somebody don't like you yes, you are still if you are God's child, if you have been saved, you are standing in the grace of God. My friends, my friends at the Garden Church, uh, starting with the pastor, might say to one another, oh, Charlie, just lean into God's grace. Just and they're not being religious. And it's not just some pad answer. They're real folks. But Joel used to say, oh, just lean into God's grace, Charlie. Just lean into God's love. Why? Because you are, as a follower of Jesus, the reality is you are standing in God's grace, regardless of how you feel today. I just think that's so important. I mean, I'm a hypocrite standing up here preaching it to you. There are days when I'm down in the dumps or discouraged or don't feel well or outright just sinning because I'm, I'm, I'm that way. But as a child of God, I'm standing in God's grace. And it says here, that's our hope. That's our hope because he says, and we exult in the hope of the glory of God. God shares his glory with you. Does he really? Yes. Because you will live for eternity, God is sharing his glory with you. And God says he's coming back to get us and we're going to spend eternity with him in heaven. That is our hope for the future. Now, this idea of hope theologically is not like our English word for hope. The word is more like it's something that is going to happen and we have confidence that it's going to happen. It's a more confident, concrete thing than when I say, wow, I hope I trip over a suitcase full of money on the way home. I mean, what's the likelihood, right? I mean, I can hope for it. Um, this is a different meaning of the Greek word for hope here. Um, and we exalt, we celebrate. No, regardless of how I feel, it says now this idea of an exalt appears in a passage two more times here. We exalt in the hope of the glory of God. Christians have hope for eternity. A friend of mine, and we were having a conversation, and we were talking about, you know, um, we were talking about death and dying and losing loved ones. And, you know, he said part of what takes the sting out of it for him is that this hope for eternity that he's going to be reunited oh greg laurie writes a book help for hurting hearts if you ever heard of greg laurie before um yeah, he's probably old like me uh pastors written some books just a, a word guy and just a, a hopeful encouraging guy 
um, their son, his wife, he and his wife, their son died when he was 33 years old in a car crash. And, and, and he writes a short book on just how they got through that. Um, and part of, part of how they encouraged each other was knowing because their son knew Jesus Christ as his Savior and gave evidence of that in his life, that they're going to be reunited in eternity with their son. So for this short period of time, um, they can have hope here even in the midst of a horrible tragic loss they could have hope knowing that they were going to be reunited in heaven with their son that is the hope for eternity and some days um you know and, and i wrestle with that i'll just be honest with you uh i'm gonna put my hands on it touch it feel it hear it smell it taste it kind of guy and so i might just nod my head and say yeah that sounds good preacher and go about my way but you know what? Uh, that's not believing God for what he says. Shame on me. That's not believing God. We're going to spend eternity. We're going to be reunited with our loved ones that we have lost if they knew Jesus. So we have this hope for eternity. That the death that we will experience someday will just be a passing through. To, to be absent from the body, Paul said, is to be present with the Lord. So our hope is an eternal hope. So we have hope for eternity because we've been justified, reconciled to God. Verses 3, verses 3 and 4 are our hope for today. This is so practical and it's so good. Verses 3 and 4 is our hope for today. This page in my Bible is really dirty because it gets a lot, it got used a lot, and there's references and highlights, and it's the page is tattered because I've I've shared this passage so many times. I love it so much. And not only this, but we also exalt in our tribulations. Oh, come on, really? So I'm going to exalt when times are cruddy? Yes. Do I do it? Not always. Exalt? Why? Why? Because knowing that something is going to happen, and this is something you can put your hands on. If you, trusting God, exalt in your tribulations, you know that tribulation will bring about perseverance. God will grow us the most, sometimes, not always, grow us the most in the most difficult times in our lives. When you lean into your faith, and you know, someday you might say, oh Jesus, and, and that might be, oh Jesus is the only way you're going to get through that day or that trial. Um, when it's a health trial and you get bad news or you're down for a long time physically or, or your, your health issues and challenges really could, could cause your earlier demise earlier than certainly you want. And you say, God, I don't know what's going to happen here, but I'm going through this trial and I'm going to persevere. I know people who have hard struggles and they have real joy. Sometimes I don't like to be around them either. But, but they do, and they're real. Why? Because they're, because they're exalting in their tribulation, leaning into their faith in Jesus. And it brings about perseverance. It grows us. It strengthens us. And look, I don't know if you guys have heard this, this bad news, but there are three states of, you're in one of three places, all of us in our lives. One, you're either getting ready to enter into a trial, or you're in the middle of a trial in your life now, or you're just finishing up and coming out of a trial. So, I don't know. I guess that's not as encouraging as you would like. But listen to what happens here. Perseverance, and perseverance brings about what? Proven character. And proven character gives hope. 
Why? I don't know if you've, I hope you've experienced this. I was not always a person of integrity when I was a young man. When I was a teenager, we said filthy things and we did filthy things. Really, we did. And I really was under conviction because I knew about Jesus and I had been in church. And I did not view myself as a person of high moral character or a person of integrity. And I did things that caused me to feel that way, right? Sin, I did, I, I sinned in ways that quite honestly, I, I, I was just owning who I was at that time in my life. This idea of being a person of character, sometimes when I write references, letters for, um, for young people or for jobs or college graduates or whatever, I, if it's a true statement, I say so-and-so is a person of high moral character and, and they live by a stand. Sometimes I don't say godly unless it's a ministry position that they're go because I value that so highly now. And, and you know, sometimes I pray and confess my sins just like I hope you do. But, but this idea of perseverance, just hanging in there, just going through it, determining that you're going to go through it with the Lord, it's going to prove out some character in you. God's going to change who you are. For me, I liked that. I liked that. Secretly, when someone, one of my pastor friends, or I go to a church and preach or something, and someone says something like really nice about me when they introduce me, and I know you people, that's what we do, right? Or someone says, you know, Charlie, I heard about this, that, or the other, and I'm real proud of you. I, I take those things in stride. I appreciate that sometimes. I do. I, you know, I, I try not to get a big head. I have someone in my life who will burst it for me if I, when I do. But, <laughs> oh, she's laughing. Um, yeah, she's here. But, but, but I appreciate it. Why? Because God is building this character in me. And what does that do? It produces hope. There's hope even for me. No. So, so our hope for today, our hope for this life. So we talked about verses 1 and 2, hope for eternity. Verses 3 and 4, hope for today. Hope for today. I'm not saying suck it up. No. No, we say that to each other. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps, boy. Suck it up, man. You know, work harder. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Lean into God's grace persevere with the Lord and hang in there and don't quit and don't give up and God is building that character in you and that is our hope for today hope for eternity hope for today and hope watch this neither one will disappoint hope does not disappoint here's the pinnacle of, of the passage um, because the love of God has been poured out within our God pours out his love in your heart through Jesus Christ excuse me through the Holy Spirit who was given to us in this passage also I will always recognize this we have the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit God is actively working as Father Son and Holy Spirit in our salvation and in our sanctification okay so we have the Father, the Son, the Father who loves us, the Son who saves us, and the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. God pours out his love into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. God is, watch this, God is actively working in you. And his, 
his main, he, we have here the love of God. God himself is pouring out his great love for you. That's the greatest love story of all. It's Valentine's Day. My wife had a card on her little table when she came into the living room this morning, you know. And uh, heck, we even ate some chocolate-covered strawberries last night. And we will celebrate love on Valentine's Day. This is the great love story that God has poured out his love through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Why? Verses 6 through 11, four pieces here four pieces here for while we were still what helpless when you and I were helpless Christ died for the ungodly for while we Paul says Paul speaking we we Christians who have heard about Jesus look there have been too many times in my life where I have considered or felt as though I was totally helpless to change a situation those are usually pretty big times in our lives are they not Maybe you've had one, um, and if you haven't, um, this passage will prepare you. But there aren't too many times when one maybe just feels totally helpless to change something or do something. For a while we were helpless. What is it? Roman, uh, Ephesians chapter 2 says, before knowing Christ, we are spiritually dead. Now, I have some friends who argue about what this really means in its truest form. But if I am dead, there's nothing I could do about that state of being. Ephesians chapter 2, the first 10 verses make a good case that we are spiritually dead. If I am spiritually dead, as Ephesians 2 says, another letter that Paul wrote to some Christians, then there's nothing I can do to change my spiritual condition. I'm dead. So I've wrestled with my professors, and they were always smarter, and they always had to bully pulpit. So, so I didn't always say out loud what I really thought, but I, I struggled with that. But it makes sense. If I am spiritually dead, I am unable to change my spiritual condition. I know that I am unable to change my own spiritual condition. I do know that much. And Paul confirms that here in Romans chapter 5, while we were still helpless. Nobody likes to be helpless. Nobody likes to be helpless. I think in our culture now, um, I think there is a certain amount, and I'm going to take a risk here, there's a certain amount of victimology going on. And, and, and people taking the position or assuming that groups are taking the position of being a victim in certain situations. And, and, and I don't know, I just, I don't like the thought or the feeling of being helpless. But you know why? Because I'm a doer. I like to fix myself. I like to fix you if I need to. But you know, God says, no, Charlie, no. He says, you're helpless. Why? Because my, my relationship with God is through faith in Jesus. There's no way. It is a gift of grace, not a works. I can't earn it. Again, um, my condition is helpless. At the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Left to my own devices. <laughs> Don't turn your back on me. You know, some people... No, just, just... Some people were all sinners, right? But I am certain that some people are good folks, even though they're sinners. And some people just put the S in sin, you know? <laughs> and I don't know how accurate that is, but you work that out. Think about that. Christ died for the ungodly. Christ didn't die 
uh, which gospel, oh Lord, I should have written it down, where it says Jesus, uh, you know, the doctor didn't come for people who were healthy. He came for the sick. When Jesus came, he came for people who needed salvation. He didn't come for people who were okay. Ungodly, helpless. For one will hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for the good man someone would dare even to die. You know, uh, I love to use it. Guys, I, we watch movies, and, and you always put yourself in the position of the protagonist, right? Uh, when you see the hero in the movie, you're rooting for the hero. You see yourself, you want to be the hero in the movie, and, you know, you want to... Um, jump in front of the bus and save the kid or the little doggy getting or you want to like swoop down and save the beautiful woman off of the subway tracks in new york city right because we're here like spider-man or something right but you know uh i wrestle with it because we like that right we want to be the hero for while we were still help i mean excuse me for one will hardly die for a righteous man i love the movies where I love the movies where the guy jumps in front and takes a bullet for somebody else, right? Because he loved them so much. That was his friend, or he was protecting that person. And he takes a bullet, and everybody's crying. The guy really dies. It's not fake. He dies. It's a true story. We're all crying at the end of the movie. says, but you know what? Not many people will do that. says, though, for a good man, someone might dare even to die. But God, I love that, verse 8, but God. My pastor loves that too. That's what he would have titled this sermon. But God, but God demonstrates, he shows his love toward us. He is the hero. He is the protagonist. He is the hero of our movie. Shows his own, isn't it interesting? Demonstrates his own love toward us. This is a special love. This is God's love. Own, God's own love. Not something he borrowed, not something he picked up on the way home, not something he had some extra. God had some extra, so he just gave, he just gave us the extra. No, his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners. So now, come on, pastor, now I'm helpless, ungodly, and a sinner. Oh, that's three. We got one more. Yes. Christ, yeah, that's three. In Romans, it's four strikes. Much more than now, having been justified by his blood. So he brings it up again. We're justified by the blood of Jesus. We are saved. This is where the hero swoops down and gets us off the railroad tracks, away from the oncoming subway, right? He says, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through Jesus. Listen, the wrath of God is a terrible thing. Terrible. I like that. The wrath of God is a terrible thing. We are saved from the wrath of God by Jesus. We're saved from that. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more than having been reconciled, we should be saved by his life. So enemies being reconciled. That's what we are. We are enemies who have been reconciled with our God. We're no longer enemies. When I was your foe, still your love fought. Hear the language there? It's enemies fight. While I was your foe, God's love was fighting for you. God wasn't fighting against you. Very biblical song, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I think maybe you thought about, Morgan knew I was preaching Romans 5, but 
Uh, maybe it was the Holy Spirit. I didn't know. <laughs> it's the Holy Spirit. It's a sound, and it sounds so spiritual. It's the Holy Spirit gave you that song. But, so, but that's what it is. When I was your foe, God, still your love fought for me. In verse 10, we've been reconciled. And he finishes the passage. And how do I know it's, a, it, it's the end of this section? He uses this exalt word one last time, and then Paul moves on. He says, and not only this, but we exalt in God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Again, same as verse 1. Through whom we have now received the reconciliation. Your salvation is your reconciliation to God, but it only can come through a surrender life to Jesus Christ. This is a beautiful love story. This is, um, and I didn't plan it, we missed church for three weeks. This is God's great love for you and for me. Not only that, this is God's great love for our friends and our community who don't know this yet. This is God's great love and salvation for men and women who might be struggling in their lives uh, uh, through whatever is going on, whether it's addiction or sadness or grief or loss or anger or poverty, whatever people are struggling with and don't know Jesus yet. God's great love is still fighting for them. It's our responsibility not only to persevere because we can exalt in our own tribulations and persevere, but to let others see that so maybe someone else comes to know Jesus because of you. Because we are just a little bit faithful. Because you are living out your faith and others are watching you and me. And so we have hope for today and hope for eternity. And we are no longer helpless ungodly sinners and we're certainly no longer God's enemy amen so if any encouragement persevere in tribulation this week if it hasn't come get ready that's a terrible thing to say to folks isn't it but certainly no I mean really like my friends say lean into God's love lean into God's grace you're standing in it and don't forget that you are standing in God's grace and nothing can take that away from you this week. Amen? Father God, this morning I thank you for the truth of your word. I thank you for men and women who love you. Father God, I pray that some will be encouraged today to persevere in the trial in which they are going through now. For some, Lord God, I pray that you'll prepare their hearts and minds for the trials ahead. Father God, I pray that you'll give joy that we can exalt if someone has lost hope, Lord, I pray that you will restore it. That we can exalt in who you are, knowing that the war has been won already. And we will spend eternity in heaven with you. Father God, we can even exalt in our day-to-day -day lives because of you. I pray, Lord God, that we stand in your grace this week. Through whatever circumstances come our way, leaning into your love, leaning into your grace. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.